indie game business has one of the longest running digital event series in the gaming industry with hundreds of publishers, investors, developers, and tech companies to meet with. All the sessions are always free to watch forever and you can get a free pass to receive all the slide decks from all those speakers. The tickets for meetings start just at $50. Go to IndieGame.Business and use the code IGBPODCAST to get 20% off your ticket. Welcome back. So uh, we've got a, a local company. Well, local to me, sort of. This It's... um. It's this little group that they, they've been around for a while. I think they're still trying to get mainstream, uh, but, but they have this, <laughs> they have this fund and it's really cool. Uh, and we have Alan Noon here from uh, Epic and we're talking about mega grants and best practices for applications and all the wonderful things that we can do and your questions so wherever you are out there drop questions in your chat you can drop them in discord alan's going to to kick off here and go through a little presentation and then if, if we got time we're going to hit questions and if we don't have time we can do questions on the discord so alan Tell us about this little thing that you're doing, and I'm going to step back out and, and let you take the floor. Okay, right on. Thank you very much. Uh, good morning, everybody, or evening, as the case may be. Uh, yeah, today we are going to talk about Epic Mega Grants. So I have a little slide deck that we can run through. And uh, yeah, like Jay said, we can do some Q&A at the end. All right, so let's get started. Uh, the agenda for today, uh, we're going to do a bit of an introduction. Uh, I'll tell you who I am and why this is important to me and important to Epic. We'll go through a little bit of the history of our grant programs. Uh, we'll answer the question, why? Why do we even do a grant program in the first place? And then uh, that'll bring us up to speed to today. We can talk about the new grant program. And then once an application comes in, there are a number of questions that the Mega Grants team asks of an application. Those we call the big questions. We can review those because those will provide insight into how you should formulate your application should you apply. And then we'll go through the actual application itself. It's fairly short, but there are a couple of fields in there that I feel are very important. So I want to point those out. And then once you apply, what happens next? What's the process look like? And then uh, the other things category, uh, that's the catch-all for some facts and figures that I think are also important and uh, relevant to the discussion. So a little introduction here. So yes, my name is Alan Noon. I am the lead evangelist for the Americas. Uh, I have been employed professionally in the games industry for 27 years. Um, it's a little painful every time I have to update that number. I guess it's something to be proud of, but yeah, time marches on. Uh, I started out in CoinOp, and I've moved through console, PC, mobile. I did slot machines for a little while, and I've done some uh, VR and AR as well. So I've got a breadth of experience on multiple platforms. And um, in uh, the parlance of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, I guess I'm something of a multi-class character. I uh, flip-flop between tech art and game design primarily throughout my career. But uh, way back in the day, I got started with 2D animation, and then moved into 3D once that actually became a thing. And uh, yeah, that career has been AAA, mid-tier, indie, and uh, hobbyist. I've always got some projects cooking in the background. But uh, I highlighted indie, obviously, because here we are at the Indie uh, Game Business uh, Conference. And um, 
as an evangelist, uh, part of what the evangelists are responsible for at Epic are um, driving adoption and usage of the engine, particularly with developers that are not AAA. So if you think about licensing at Epic, we basically have kind of two big groups of developers. We've got everybody that downloads the engine and agrees to the EULA. We call those the, the EULA users, right? And then beyond that, you know, uh, developers can then opt to go into what we call a custom license, right? And that's where they pay money up front, they can buy down the royalty, they get dedicated support, whatever. But uh, the audience for the evangelism team are the EULA users, right? So everybody from hobbyists, students, small studios, uh, and uh, I actually like to use the term triple I, right? Those indies that are right at the cusp of, of taking that next step. And uh, Mega Grants is a tool that we have in our uh, arsenal, in our toolbox, um, that we can share with indie developers to help them along their way in their development journey. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. But first, a little bit of history. Uh, we'll go back to Unreal DevGrants. This was the first program that we had and uh, ran from 2014 to 2018. And in 2014, you know, Epic was in a pretty good place. Earlier that year, we had launched Unreal Engine 4 and engine adoption was up, engine licensing was up, that bit, the end of the business is doing well. So yeah, we were in a, a pretty good spot. And Tim Sweeney, being the kind of guy that he is, decided that he was gonna start the Unreal Dev Grants. And that fund was $5 million that was then distributed over the course of those four years. And the intention of that fund basically is we were asking, is anybody out there doing really cool stuff in Unreal Engine? And what can we do to help them out? Well, you know, we can give them a little bit of a boost, a little bit of a bump with one of these dev grants to help them on their way. And, you know, it was very successful, actually. We saw a lot of projects that otherwise would not have gotten off of the ground, you know, make it along the way to release. Um, you know, again, particularly the indie crowd, right? Like, for those of you like myself that have done the indie thing where you're a one man show working in your basement or your spare room and you know you're wondering how you're going to pay the mortgage you know some of those dev grants went that direction and help people survive long enough to attract attention you know publisher attention get published all that other good stuff so then the question is why would we do this well Tim is a very generous person, and that generosity is woven into the fabric of Epic Games. But also, a quote from Tim here, our success is inextricably linked to developer success. And so as we like to say on the engine side of the business here, when we succeed, you succeed, right? Very sort of a karmic thought process there. As we share goodness out of the world, it'll eventually come back around to us, we feel. That brings us up to today. So after the 5 million Unreal Dev Grant was exhausted, um, that brings us to the year 2019. And uh, Epic was uh, in even a better place. So yeah, perhaps you've heard of a little game called Fortnite. Um, that one had done pretty well for us and put us in a position to again share, but uh, in a much bigger, bigger fashion. So we were able to really go large with a new program called Epic Mega Grants. And that fund is $100 million. And uh, if my math is correct, that's roughly 20 times as large as the original one. 
So uh, the plan here again is, you know, we are looking for projects that show Unreal off in a good light. You know, we want to look good, but we also want to make you look good too, right? We want to see developers succeed. And not only do we give away uh, this money for games, but uh, there are several other categories that we can talk about that might be relevant to the audience here today. We'll get to that in a second. But again, the plan is we're going to give this money away until it's gone. There's no set schedule. So uh, please go ahead and apply once we get through this presentation. And uh, besides that actual amount of money in the fund there, uh, we've worked with a couple of partners as well. So um, months ago, we worked with Magic Leap to give away 500 Magic Leap One headsets. And most recently, we announced that we have partnered with AMD. And they have generously donated 200, 3,800 desktop processors. Uh, these are available on a first come, first serve basis, uh, based on project merit, of course. All the standard guidelines that uh, we're going to go through in a minute still apply. But uh, you know, if you have a need for one of these desktop processors, go ahead and, and say so. And uh, it's worth noting that uh, both brand new applicants to the program, and even if you've already received a mega grant, you can apply for this hardware as well. So no limitation there. And yes, we can talk about who this is for. So it's game developers, professionals, creators, designers, students, educators, and tool developers. And I think probably the two most, or maybe the three most relevant uh, categories of people that we're talking to today are the game developers, particularly indie, uh, students, and then also tool developers. That's something to consider as well that most people don't. And so under this new grant program, we basically have five big buckets from which we can award grants. So games, media, entertainment, enterprise, education, and tools and open source developers. So games is obvious. We probably all know what, what games are and what uh, qualifies there. But uh, for enterprise, uh, that covers almost everything else that's not games, right? So if you're working in the automotive space, aerospace, architecture, manufacturing, so on and so forth, biomedical, uh, you can apply for a grant under that category. Uh, then there's education. And so obviously we think of educational institutions such as universities, colleges, perhaps even high schools. Uh, yeah, of course they can apply, but you might not think that, uh, or might not have considered that uh, this is also relevant to that person that is working you know, at home making YouTube tutorials, you know, maybe they're making some really great content out of their bedroom and they need some soundproofing tiles for the wall or maybe a new microphone or a lighting setup or, or what have you. Um, that is a perfectly valid reason to apply under the education, right? Because you're enabling other people out there, you're educating. If you're sharing, then we want to share. And the other one that I think is extremely important to this group today is uh, tools and open source. So if you're developing a project that is a benefit to the graphics community at large, uh, you could also be eligible. Uh, one of the highest profile or most visible examples of this was the Blender Foundation. You know, Blender make, the Blender Foundation makes Blender 3D, which is a digital content creation app uh, along, the, excuse me, along the lines of uh, 3D Studio Max or Maya, of course, uh, but it's entirely free and has been for years. And uh, they applied, and we awarded them a grant. Um, kind of an outlier. It was a, a, one of the larger grants, but um, that's a perfect example there. But we've seen 
people that um, you know have developed processes or, or tools that uh, maybe they just create some cool new content. You know, they they make things a little bit easier. Um, they can package that up and uh, use that as their app, the motivation for their application. Um, we also have game developers that uh, are, there's one that comes to mind. Uh, we have a game developer. They are working within a certain genre of game. And people that develop these types of games often encounter the same kinds of issues. And they all have to solve these problems over and over and over again. And so this company has done that. And they've come up with a suite of five different sets of functionality that they have now bundled up and are going to be submitting as a dev grant, right? Because they're going to be able to then fund the rest of the development of that feature set and then give it away for free on our marketplace. So something to keep in mind. If you have things that could be valuable in that manner, that's also eligible for a grant. And as of just a few weeks ago, we announced that thus far, in just about a year's time, we've given away $42 million already. So uh, money's going fast. So definitely get your applications in. Uh, we saw a tremendous spike in application activity uh, once uh, we made that announcement. So yeah, so far so good. And here you can see some of the recipients so far. Now this slide is a little more geared towards that enterprise, media and entertainment, education, uh, those buckets, those categories there, but you can see some of the folks that, that have won. And more relevant to this discussion are some of the games. So this is our summer 2020 sizzle reel. I'm gonna go ahead and play this now. Uh, no audio for you today, but hopefully the graphic quality is there. Um, so yeah, lots of indie games across many different platforms, VR, AR, mobile, console, PC. Also representing uh, many different countries around the world. Uh, some of these products already we've seen come from uh, UK, from Korea, from China. Some really high quality stuff. And some of these are very small teams as well. All right, we'll just let this run through for another moment or so. All right, so there you have it. That, that was the more game-centric uh, sizzle reel that uh, is probably relevant for our discussion today. Okay, so when an application comes in, what happens? Uh, one of the very first things that happens is the Mega Grants team uh, asks several questions relevant to that application, and we'll go through those now. So the first one, and I've already kind of touched on this a little bit, is the application, is the product in question a good use of Unreal Engine, right? Make sure it shows off what makes this great together. You know, are you gonna make the engine look good? And if you were awarded a grant, you know, how are we gonna be able to empower you as well? And so, you know, a couple of examples here. Um, a very simple one is, uh, let's say you're working on a project and your application says, our project leans heavily on believable characters, right? We require the graphic fidelity that the advanced skin shading models and hair systems that Unreal provides. Uh, 
And uh, so that would be the good use of Unreal Engine. And then the follow-up might be, you know, this project is going to serve as a showcase, demonstrating how realistic characters are able to, to drive story and emotional connection to the player, right? So that's that back and forth of how do we make you look good? How do you make us look good? You know, another example might be, you know, we're a, we're a small team of limited resources and uh, Unreal's visual scripting system, Blueprint. That's going to open the doors for some of our less technically inclined team members to, to share the development load, right? Because now they can get in there and create interactivity that previously they couldn't. And then that might be followed with, you know, the aim here is to be a shining example of how Unreal enables, enables all developers of any kind of background or technical inclination to, to get in and create. So those are, those are uh, a couple of different ways to approach this question. Next up, does this support the community? So, uh, you know, the tools example, like Blender, for example, or maybe you've got some, uh, some third-party application that creates content in an interesting way, you know, those are pretty obvious, right? And uh, we've already talked about, you know, the other possibility of if you're developing a game and you've come up with solutions to common problems, if there's a way you can package that up, and release that for free to the community. Again, that's a, an excellent, excellent way to uh, make an application. So, you know, I mentioned uh, one of those teams doing that, uh, that has, they have been able to create, like I said, five, a suite of five features or solutions, and they have created individual applications for each of those. Uh, we have another company that comes to mind that um, their solutions, while solve for multiple aspects or difficulties in typical game development. Uh, it's a little more tightly woven together. And so they can't really break it up into multiple applications. So they're, they're going to apply in you know, one big chunk. But as they apply during uh, in the description of their application, they're able to break down. There's this component, that component, and this next component. And these are how they're all intertwined. So you know that kind of breakdown is important. And again, we'll talk about that in a moment. Another big question is, uh, you know, how do you plan to grow? Uh, this doesn't have to be, you know, a one-shot application and then you're finished. Uh, you can apply multiple times, as I alluded to in the previous slide. Um, you know, uh, some of these bigger chunk applications, once you total them up, add up to a substantial amount of money. And it's easier for us to digest those smaller bites. So, you know, tell us. If you're just starting out, you know, what does the, the plan look like? Are you going to start with a prototype? Do you need funding just for that? And then maybe you're going to polish that into a vertical slice. And for the vertical slice, you need some more high quality art. So maybe you need additional funds for uh, marketplace content, or maybe you want to hire some artists or sound designers or so on and so forth. Again, you can apply multiple times for the same project. All right. And then hopefully this is obvious, but uh, we would like to see why you are passionate about this particular project, right? Like you need to be able to convince us that you've got the drive and motivation to, to take this project over the finish line. Uh, I'm sure we all know that game development is hard. It's, it's incredibly hard and uh, it takes perseverance. Uh, so we wanna get some sense of that, that you're gonna be able to uh, stay dedicated and use the funds appropriately and uh, bring your project to life. Okay, so let's talk about the application itself. So on the MegaGrants site, which I'll provide a link to later on, 
we have the form. And so you can see the thumbnail down the uh, right-hand side there. And uh, we're going to break this up into three sections and focus on each section individually. So uh, we'll go through each of these fields. And I do want to call out a few of them that are particularly important. So OK, first two fields, first name, last name, obviously. Uh, we want to know who we're speaking to. Uh, part of this is once you apply, and particularly if you are granted an award, um, we want to get to know you a little bit, right? And so it'd be nice to be able to refer to you by your first name. And then uh, email. Clearly, this is critical. We need to contact you if you're going to win an award. We need to notify notify you of that. Uh, and also, you know, if uh, things don't pan out and uh, you don't qualify, then uh, we need to let you know that as well. And then the final field here, country, can be helpful. Um, you know, particularly if English is not your first language, we have. Uh, multicultural team and so if you're coming from some part of the other part of the world you know we can uh, filter your application to our appropriate people so it's easier to converse with you so all right and now probably some of the most important pieces here is this middle section and so uh, the first one is a uh, project name so um, some people overlook this honestly but uh, you know in a pre-coronavirus world uh, a lot of casual conversations would be struck up in the hallway. You know, as we're crossing paths with members of the, the Mega Grants team, we'd say, you'd be able to say, oh, did you see that game? Like, uh, did you see Flying Wombat? That application, it's amazing. Oh yeah, I love Flying Wombats. Oh yeah, you know, we should definitely talk to the Flying Wombat team or we need more information from the Flying Wombats, right? Like silly example, but uh, you know, if we have something that we can attach to and uh, we'll keep you in the forefront of the Mega Grants team mind, it makes this whole process a lot easier. So uh, the website, yes, if you have uh, a site up, could be a link to your Steam page, could be social media, you know, whatever you have, a WordPress site, for example. Uh, if you share that, then again, that's another way that we can quickly pass information to other team members to, uh, to check out. Okay, the next category is tremendously important, and that is the video. You know, uh, quite honestly, if I had to, besides the email, if I had to say that anything is top priority, it's it's got to be the video. Um, so what we don't need here is 10, 15 minutes of unedited gameplay footage. Uh, keep it tight. We want to say you know two to five minutes of uh, of well edited footage here. Uh, we want to see some gameplay. If it's a game, if it's a tool, we need to see kind of what the functionality is and, and what problems it solves. But um, you know I don't want to say no lore, but please, no deep lore in the video. Um, I, we trust that you have a story that's important to the, the project here. But um, really what we're trying to get from the video is a sense of how far along you are, uh, you know, what the quality level is, those types of things. And uh, next, so then builds. Uh, builds are great. And, uh, but if you have to prioritize, definitely index on the video over a build. Um, you know, particularly in the situation where all of Epic is working from home now, uh, there are challenges with with uh, working with builds. You know, so we have to we have to download them, we have to install them on a clean machine, and uh, not all of us have all of the hardware that uh, we're used to working with. Right? We don't have that firewalled workstation that we can install a, a build on. And uh, the other thing is the sheer volume of applications as well. We get thousands and thousands of applications, so downloading thousands and thousands of builds is you know, probably uh, not totally um, doable. 
So again, yes, uh, video more important than builds. And uh, you know, if you do feel compelled to include a build, uh, please don't go and take time to create a dedicated build. If you have one already, you know, you have a prototype, a vertical slice, something that represents the end vision for your product, then that's fine. But um, you know, for the reasons I previously stated, uh, please don't spend a lot of cycles crafting a build specifically for us or, or the application. Uh, product type, that uh, should be fairly self-explanatory. We talked about the different categories. Is it a game? Is it a tool? Uh, does it fit under the uh, education or enterprise buckets, et cetera? And then uh, another field that is tremendously, tremendously important, and that is the description. Um, this is really where those big questions that we were asking in the, a few slides ago, this is where this really comes into play. So we want you to, to describe the project, describe your passion, uh, and then, you know, again, like how does Unreal enable you to achieve those goals? Um, does it show off the potential of the Unreal Engine? How is this going to benefit the community if applicable? Um, so yeah, very, very important there. And then next steps, this is that whole timeline planning thing, you know, show us, sure, you know, estimating timelines and what have you can be difficult, uh, particularly for small groups. You know, we see a lot of indies that are new, uh, maybe aren't familiar with the process so much, but give it your best shot, please. Just give us an idea of when it is you're trying to release and what the various steps are along the way. What are, you know, what do those timelines look like? Also, if you plan on hiring, you know, let us know what type of roles you're hiring for and what the plan is there. You know, again, I gave the example of the vertical slice. So, you know, you're going to need content creators to make that beautiful corner of the vertical slice there. So are you hiring artists, sound designers, so on and so forth? You know, explain to us what those hires mean for that development journey. And then uh, finally, the platforms. Again, uh, this is good reference for us. Uh, you know, are you planning on releasing on PC, on console, which consoles? You know, is this a mobile title? So on and so forth. Uh, again, this helps us filter the application a particular direction to a team member that has expertise and um, can also provide some amount of insight into the viability of the product as well. You know, if um, if you tell us that you're going to create an AR application by you know porting your VR project and just you know dumping it on a headset, it's going to raise a few red flags, right? It's not that easy. You know, if that is your plan, then you know we need to see that broken down in that in that description. But um, you know, we can tease out information about the viability of your project this way. And then the funding section is towards the end there. The first checkbox is pretty important. Um, if I had my way, I would just have these, these fields available uh, from the start. But basically, that checkbox is asking if you are requesting a specific amount of money. Uh, that is always incredibly helpful for us, particularly once you have gone and broken down the timelines of your product. Uh, you know, Show us that you've made those estimations and you've, you've, you have some sense of what it would take in order to get to the next step, right? So yeah, there's a field for the actual amount. And then again, like how much, how are you gonna use those funds? Uh, it's worth noting at this point as well, um, typically up to $25,000, uh, there's, there's no real um, oversight on behalf of Epic. We're not really checking in with you. And you know, we typically award those amounts in one lump sum. Uh, once you start getting over that $25,000 mark, there's a little bit of light touch oversight. You know, we'll do a friendly call to check in and see how you're doing, that type of thing. 
but there are no milestones or anything like that per se. Um, and again, you know, once you get over that $25,000 mark, then larger amounts, you know, we start to break down into uh, smaller payments uh, over time. Okay, and then of course, you know, you wanna hit that submit button, don't uh, forget that at the end. And after you've done that, what happens next? So your application goes into the queue, and uh, you know, like I said, we have we have a lot of applications, so please be patient during this process. But uh, the team will then perform an initial triage, right? Just weeding out uh, incomplete applications, um, projects that you know are wildly out of scope or you know not uh, not feasible. Um, but assuming you survive that initial triage, then your application goes into wider review with more team members. And at that point, um, you know, discussion occurs between the team. And if we need more information from you, then the mega grants team will reach out and ask for that. You know, perhaps they want a little more detailed breakdown of the milestones, um, or you know, maybe a little more information about you and your team or how you're set up. It could be anything along those lines. And uh, you know, once we have that information, then you'll go into final judgment whether you have uh, either won an award or maybe been declined. And again, you know, we aim to have these done within 90 days of the original submission date. Uh, there is a bit of a backlog right now. So if we need more time, uh, we will send an email indicating as much, right? And again, I mentioned after we recently had that announcement where we shared how much money we have given out, uh, there was a pretty massive spike in applications. So uh, just be aware of that. Okay, so you've applied, you've gone through the process, and unfortunately, you have been declined. So what happens then? Um, yeah, if you, do, if you do not survive the review, you will be sent a notice uh, telling you as much. Um, and unfortunately, you know, I have to say here, please do not expect feedback as to the specifics of why you did not qualify. Um, you know, again, massive number of applications, and it's just not feasible to provide in-depth feedback on every single one of these. So, um, you know, we encourage folks that have applied and been rejected to take a step back, take a look at your application. And, you know, based on some of the information that I've shared here today, maybe, you know, try to figure out how your application doesn't align with uh, some of those tips and tricks. And you can always apply again. All right? So you can respond to that rejection email with new information. Um, or you can just create an entirely new application if you need to take more time and 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 uh, you know, put more materials together. Uh, you know the appending application. I have a pretty good example of that. Um, we had a team, a game team that was uh, pretty new, and they had put together their video. They'd worked incredibly hard on this video for their application, and they went ahead and they submitted, and it went through the whole process. And after some number of weeks, they got their rejection. And uh, they reached back out and they said, oh my gosh, we are so embarrassed. We took a look at our application and we realized that we uploaded the wrong video. So instead of that tightly cut, nicely edited two to five minute video, they <laughs> uploaded like 20 minutes of unedited gameplay and you know test, test footage. So um, that probably did not do them a whole lot of favors. So then they were able to email back and say, hey, look, we made a mistake. Here's a link to the new video, and they went back through the queue. So that's a perfectly viable thing to do here. 
Okay, so um, you know, perhaps you're accepted, which is uh, you know the more uh, optimal uh, result of this. Obviously, uh, you will receive a notification of your award, and then you know some steps that that follow. Uh, you know, we'll get your banking info. Uh, you know, sort out a payment plan. Again, typically if that amount is over twenty five thousand dollars, so on and so forth. Uh, you'll get your recipient badge, which I'll show in a couple slides coming up here. Uh, you can use this badge for branding on all of your uh, materials, your website, so on and so forth. And then uh, the Mega Grants team and then my team, the evangelism team, will schedule a friendly call to follow up. Um, again, no real oversight here, no real milestones. Uh, we just want to get to know you a bit, make sure things are going well, and give you an opportunity to ask questions if you have them. Uh, you know, perhaps you need a little help along the way, you know, we can provide some guidance. So yeah, very, we like to say this is a very light touch process. All right, so moving on to the final segment of the presentation here. This is just kind of the catch all for, again, some more tricks and tips and uh, facts and figures for you. So here's that badge that I spoke about. So yeah, you can, uh, you know, we've seen people, uh, we had something similar back in the day for um, the Unreal Dev Grants, but uh, you know, if if traveling to in-person events ever becomes a thing again, after coronavirus passes by, uh, you could print this out on foam core and attach it to your booth if you're at, uh, at a games expo. Uh, you could put it on your website, you know, you could uh, put it on your Steam page, put it in your Twitter, but you know, wherever you want to put it, uh, this is, think of this as kind of a, a seal of approval for uh, your award, for your project. Uh, we should probably quickly talk about what Epic Mega Grants is not. Uh, it is designed to provide a boost for you, right? Um, it is not a means to fund your project entirely. Uh, this is not a publishing deal. Uh, this is just uh, intended to give you that little extra lift up uh, depending on whatever kind of uh, challenge you're facing at the moment, right? So I mentioned, um, you know, perhaps you need more artwork for the next stage of your project, or you're going to release in uh, a non-English speaking country and you need a translator to, to help you localize, right? Um, you know, you can apply for a grant for those amounts of money. So that little extra thing to, to get you along the way. Uh, I mentioned this a little bit or touched on it at least, accountability. You know, we like to say there's no strings attached. Um, again, no written milestones or anything like that. We'll give a call to you and, and, like I said, see how you're doing, those types of things. We want to see progress. You know, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, the money is helping you and you're spending it appropriately. Uh, you do not have to pay the money back, you know, even if your project fails or, you know, the, the team disbands or for whatever casualty occurs, uh, don't worry, you don't have to pay the money back. Uh, this is not a loan. So uh, that all said, please don't run out and go buy a sports car with the fund, okay? Uh, it's not a good look, and uh, it doesn't make the folks on the Mega Grants team that believed in you and advocated for you, uh, it doesn't make them feel good to know that uh, the money was not put towards the project. So uh, just do the right thing, really. And uh, when we're talking about the, the range of awards, they can uh, vary anywhere from $5,000 on the low end up to the $500,000. And um, it's worth noting that different categories um, exist within that band. So, you know, um, games is towards the, the middle of that band or the, the, or the, the low to middle end of that, that band. Uh, some of the tools uh, we've had 
Uh, a couple of exceptional outliers like the, the Blender Award um, was actually fairly substantial. It was $1.2 million uh, just for the tremendous, tremendous amount of sharing that, uh, that they have done and continue to do. Um, but yeah, uh, these, this is kind of the range here. And again, um, smaller bites are easier for us to digest. You know, we want to see that game development journey or that project development journey. So instead of, you know, if you sit down and you do your estimations and you figure that, yeah, this is going to cost me three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars total. Um, you know, rather than give you that big chunk, we'd like to see it broken down. You know, think about uh, the smaller, smaller bites. And again, those you know, think about logical ways to divide those up. You know, again, the steps along the path. And how many times can you apply? Uh, well, an infinite number, really. Um, but you know. <laughs> Reality. The reality is that uh, there's only going to be so many times you can. You see the little asterisk there. Uh, technically, there is no limit, but um, you know there is uh, sort of the limits of uh, reality. Uh, you know, if you go and submit 50 submissions for you know 50 different games, you know that kind of raises an eyebrow within the Maker Grants team. You know, makes us think: Are you really passionate about all 50 of these? You have you know equal amounts of faith in all of these things. Um, that's Quite honestly, highly unlikely. So, you know, pick your your one best, the one that you really want to see get done. Take that through the process, and then you know, if you want to apply for another project, you can do that at a later date. Uh, and again, you know, breaking your project down. I know I keep repeating and harping on this, but many people are not aware that they can apply multiple times for the same project. All right, uh, regarding the amount requested, uh, the team reserves the right to modify the amount. So uh, while yes, we do appreciate the thought that goes into the amount that you're going to be asking, and when you specify that, that is uh, helpful, um, you know, we can adjust that number up and down based on the merits of, you know, the perceived merits of, of your project. And it's worth mentioning taxes here. Uh, the mega grant may have tax implications for you. Uh, we cannot provide advice on taxes other than to say we recommend you check with your tax professional familiar with your local laws to completely understand what the implications are. Um, several countries have tax treaties with the US. So, you know, depending on how your company is set up, make sure you look into, into those and see if any of those might be uh, advantageous for you. And um, there is another sort of subcategory or bucket that we can draw from uh, that you can use or, or uh, call out in your application in conjunction with some of the other primary categories. And you know, we often get the question, can I apply if I am not currently in Unreal Engine? And the answer you see there is, is yes. So if your project is built in another engine or tool set and you want to move to Unreal Engine, yeah, you can certainly apply. Um, it's important to note that we are not awarding grants, you know, for you to port your finished product, right? So if you have a game that's been on Steam for a year, two years, whatever, and now all of a sudden you want to bring it to Unreal Engine so you can capture some of that grant money, uh, that's not really the best approach when formulating your application. Um, a better approach, one that we've seen, might be, you know, hey, we're a studio that's used to this technology. We've shipped all of our games over here in this technology. But we really feel that our new project or our prototype or, or our vertical slice that we have developed in that tech, we really feel that Unreal is going to take it to the next level, and here's why. And we have figured out that we need this 
this many members of the team, you know, isolated and, you know, situated in front of Unreal for this amount of time in order to make that transition. You know, we need to do our initial investigation. We need to do our testing of Unreal. And we've calculated that it's going to cost this much money in order to make that transition. Uh, that's, that's a more appropriate method or way of thinking about uh, applying for a dev grant when switching technologies. Okay, and uh, so second to last slide, just basic recap. Uh, I've harped on a lot of these already, but again, let's go through them one more time. Prioritize video over a build in your application. Provide a requested amount along with a breakdown of how those funds are gonna be used. Again, you may submit multiple times for the same project or different projects. And again, break your project, whatever project you're submitting for, break it down into smaller logical applications, smaller chunks. And final slide here, uh, the actual site itself, unrealengine.com mega grants. That's got all of the information that you're gonna need there uh, along with an FAQ. And then the, FA, the uh, application that we saw a few slides ago, that is down there at the bottom of the page. So that concludes the talk of Epic Mega Grants here. I hope that was useful and helpful. I expect to see another new flood of applications coming in. And uh, yeah, I suppose if we have time for some Q&A, we can go ahead and do that. Thank you. All right, can a small podcast that teaches game developers about the business side of games and has been running digital events for a long time be el eligible? Asking for a friend. Is the friend you? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, again, you know, you've, if you've been, uh, or you or your friend have been working on a dev stream that's been streaming for some time, and uh, again, as long as your stream kind of fits those criteria that we talked about, you know, is it helping the community? Well, something like an educational dev stream certainly seems to fit that bill. Um, you know, is it uh, a good use of Unreal Engine? Then yeah, be, please feel free to uh, to apply for that. Yeah, someone was asking that for a friend. I'm not sure exactly who that was. All <laughs> right, uh, let's see here. Um, I think this question was already asked uh, or answered. Can we submit a project if it was originally turned down, but updated and changed significantly? That was definitely um, asking there. Yeah, yeah, but again, sure, happy to answer that one again because it comes up all the time. Yes, please uh, resubmit either, um, you know, if it's a minor change that to your application that you think would um, enable you to get accepted, then you can just re reply to that rejection email. Uh, if you want to reformulate the thing or you are going to significantly change the project, then you know it might make more sense to do a whole new application. Right, but like you said, don't if you are doing it and you apply for 50 different games, you know, yeah, look, right. look and see, like, are you really passionate about all 50 of these things? Or are you just trying to get some money? Uh, here we yeah. go. This, this, this is a good one. Uh, this is from our Discord. What do you consider red flags in grant applications? Ooh, the tough questions. That's a good one. So um, the two that spring to mind are, there, I guess there's no better way of saying it than uh, quality, right? Um, you know, again, one of those, one of the original driving motivations for the original program, the, the Unreal Dev Grants program that has, uh, that also runs through the Mega Grants program is, you know, basically in short, is this a good use of Unreal? Do you make Unreal look good? Um, you know, if you have an application where perhaps, uh, you know, the, the quality of the product isn't quite there, you know, that is probably gonna be the first thing that we look at. Um, the second is going to be scope. You know, if you tell us 
that you are going to have a massively multiplayer game with 10,000 concurrent players in the same world, and it's going to, you know, be AR and, and whatever. Like, you know, we appreciate, you know, big thinkers and dreamers, but, you know, that's probably not going to be viable. So think about scope. Um, that's probably another important one. All right. We've got uh, from Nightwolf. Uh, I know you touched on this a little bit. With non-game-related content, it was stated mainly on Unreal Engine. Does that mean that for all other engines, they must have a game and nothing else? Uh, let's see. I'm trying to... For all other... I'm guessing if like there's tools or something for other engines is the way. Uh, I... No, 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 certainly not. Um, yeah, if that if that is in fact the question, I'll, again, I'll point to Blender, right? Like, you can use Blender for whatever application you want to, whether it's um, you know a Unity game or a Godot game or or whatever, or um, you know Blender is also used in broadcast to a certain extent, right? You can do video editing, what have you. The main thing there in the case of Blender is that. They're open source. They're advancing the state of open source and the, the graphics community, and so that's why they won an award, right? Um, you know, let's say you have developed a tool that I don't know creates incredible-looking foliage. Who you knows? Just as a, a wild example here, um, that might be used across you know all different kinds of products, um, but uh, also within Unreal. And uh, it's going to make lives easier for everybody, right? So you could potentially apply for that, particularly, especially if you're going to release that tool for free or release the, the source code for free. Into the Epic Store as well, right? Uh, yeah, well, in that case, it would be the marketplace. Yeah, so I think mm -hmm. I, I briefly glossed over this is, you know, in the case. So I'm thinking of uh, one of these teams that I had mentioned previously that have the multiple features that they have bundled. Uh, or, or rather uh, broken, not bundled, broken apart uh, into um, multiple applications, ultimately what they're going to do is bundle all of those solutions together into one package, and then they will distribute that for free on our marketplace. Mm -hmm. So the same marketplace where, you know, our third-party marketplace where you can buy art assets and sound assets and animation and all that good stuff, um, you know, they can... Uh, uh, basically distribute their their plugin there or they can do it on their own site you know or through github or, or you know whatever is most appropriate okay uh let's see here we go from billy vanderloo uh youtube hi alan thanks for the great info is there a preference to which stage a project is in all right uh thanks and you're welcome and um so you know again like in the case that we talked about towards the end there where you know maybe you're going to be switching technology you know, if your project is complete, that's probably not optimal for an application because, you know, you may have spent a year, two years, three years, five years finishing that original game in some other technology. And now you're going to tell us that you're going to completely rebuild it from scratch for, you know, like that's probably not the best. Um, we see a lot of projects in, you know, just beyond the prototype stage, um, you know, approaching the vertical slice stage. Uh, it's difficult to get an application passed if all you have is a pitch deck, right? Um, we want to see something. We want to see, like I said, when we look at your video, we want to get some sense of the skill set of the team, you know, how uh, viable it is, how viable the project on the whole is, and just get a sense of what the project is all about, right? So if you've got a project that has just completely placeholder art, that's going to be kind of difficult for us to, you know, get the big end result picture, right? So, so yeah, kind of uh, take those things into consideration. 
that kind of, kind of aligns with the next question from uh, Renzo Sanchez on YouTube. Will I have more opportunity to win part of the grant if my game is is in a more advanced stage? Uh, yeah, so I think you're right. Those are those are probably related. So, you know, whether you call it vertical slice or, or alpha or beta or, or whatever, you know, however you you know deem to, to break that up, really, um, it's it's less about the labels you put on it and more about the actual state by which we can ju judge your progress or you know the condition of your project. Hopefully that uh, answers your question. All right, we've got one from LinkedIn here from Kartik Subramanian. I have a question regarding the content. How international funding from Epic Grants usually takes place and when and how is the best approach to get a successful grant? Excellent, excellent question. So um, I'll take the last part first. So hopefully some of the information we shared here today uh, kind of shed some light on how to make a successful application. Uh, regarding the international question, yes, this is a worldwide fund. We have distributed funds all across the globe. Um, yeah, we would like to share that uh, even more, like spread it all across the world. Um, we get Part of it is just a function of where the applications come from. You know, we get obviously a tremendous number from from the states, from North America. Um, so right now we're uh, leaning a little bit heavy that direction, but we are more than happy to to spread it worldwide. So yes, excellent, uh, Gary. Oh, here's a good one, Gary Davies from uh, Facebook for audio programmers. What would work well as a proposal for a grant? Hmm. I guess it depends what we're talking about here, really. So just off the top of my head, you know, again, um, I immediately go to the tools and open source category. Uh, you know, if you have solved some problem with audio that all developers are going to face and you can release that solution for free, that's that's probably the most um, obvious one to me. Um, if you have a game that relies heavily on audio, um, then that would just be like any other project. Um, you know, you can submit it through any of the other uh, any other channels or categories. Excellent, uh, Night Wolf coming in always with the good questions. Does studio size matter? I'm not going to say that's what she said, or only quality of project. Um, asking says publishers see solo devs as a gamble, and yet there's the success of Bright Memory, which did achieve a grant. Yes, um, so. Yes and no. Um, you know, again, the quality is the the ultimate uh, determination. It makes it factors into the ultimate determination. Um, as you have noted, you know, we've had a good number of solo devs, very small teams win grants, um, and it's more about you know the grants team figuring out or being able to discern you know whether or not the team can execute. So. Given the scope of the project and the size of the team, you know, do we are we confident that you'll be able to use the funds and succeed? Uh, that's really the only way that that kind of figures in, right? You know, again, if you've got some massive, massive, crazy out of scope project and you're like two people, uh, it's, you know, probably your your chances are not going to be uh, as significant as you know if you had you know a thousand person team that's going to build this thing. But in that case, you're probably you know, beyond needing a mega grant, you know, that, that little bit of a boost. So, so yeah, that's how I'd answer that question. So, so it's basically like all the factors, like if you're a two person team, you better be making a game that two people can make, right? Not, <laughs> exactly. not this completely out of reach, out of reach thing. Uh, okay. Let's see here. Uh, Clinton Bowman on YouTube. Is there, or was there a specific grant for porting from other engines like unity? 
so yeah, we touched on this a little bit. It's it's not it's not its own category, but it is a consideration that we would take as well. So um, I'll come up with a, a, a hypothetical here. You're a studio of you know, indie studio, ten to fifteen people, let's say. Uh, you have shipped on, you know, you bring up Unity. So uh, you shipped on Unity, uh, you know, three, two, three, four products. You've you've had uh, some success. You know, we've seen that you can ship products. You the quality bar is is high, uh, and you know that fills us with confidence that you would be able to switch over to Unreal and you know even take things higher to the next level. So um, call that out in your description. You know, again, the approach there that I offered is. You know, if you are unfamiliar with Unreal technology and you really want to make the switch, you know, figure out what the investment is going to be on your side in order to get up to speed. And that's one way to, to formulate your application. It sounds like with a lot of these things, it's like know what your team is capable of, know what you can achieve, know your, what it's going to cost, know how much time it's going to take. Don't don't do something that don't pitch something that is like this massive huge thing that's going to take forever that you know two people could accomplish you know that that is almost impossible for two people to accomplish. Just know the scope, right? Yeah, and you know, quite honestly, this isn't really any different from pitching to a publisher if you think about it that way, right? Like you know, keep scope in mind. You know, keep the abilities and makeup of your team in mind. Uh, those are all you know valid uh, concerns for both pitching to a publisher and uh, you know pitching to to mega grants. Uh, right. You know, I will say this though: we do like big dreamers, right? So some of the pro some of the projects that you know these solo teams have been awarded grants for, you know, you we may not have believed that it was possible for a single person to achieve the level of quality that they have on this stuff, but uh, they were able to demonstrate that, right? You know, they they did things like leverage marketplace content or, you know, hire out people that were able to fill in the gaps. So, uh, you know, I think that's all uh, relevant. Yeah, that's it. I recently came across a game. I'm not going to say what it is, but you play this and you're like, wow, this this is from a, you know, uh, a small AAA studio. And it's one person doing all the animation, the coding, the <laughs> sound. the And it's just like just to see this project is is insane. Okay, let's right. see what have we got here. Antler Studios. I love Antler Studios. Hey, Alan, great talk. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Time wise, do you have any rough estimations about when to expect hearing back once submitted? Uh, yeah, for sure. So again, once an application hits the Mega Grants team inbox, uh, we try to uh, have those processed in uh, ninety days or less, uh, depending on. The volume of applications we have, and it may go longer. If that is the case, we will send an email indicating that we need more time. Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip this question because the that question has a follow up. But we'll do this one real quick. Would developing a new shader be an acceptable project? Hmm. Um, I guess it would have to be a pretty I damn mean, good shader. Sure. Like, um, so. Let's say it is a shader that, um, okay, off the top of my head, maybe it does skin shading in some incredibly, you know, high fidelity way that, you know, is really able to convey the nuance of, of skin, you know, human skin as it moves and slides across muscles and, you know, whatever. Maybe that's some entirely new shading model and you're going to give that away for free so that developers everywhere could leverage it. Yeah, that actually sounds like a pretty viable uh application you know it has to 
with any of these, it has to advance the state of the art and help the community. So that could that could be any you know type of uh, technology, whether it's a shader, a tool, so on and so forth. Right. Okay. So here we go. Heather Chandler from LinkedIn. If the project is a game, but as part of the game development process, there are youth game making initiatives attached to it i.e. the game development team is also teaching youth about how to use Unreal Engine with game making workshops. Is it better to apply in the game category or education category? Uh, that is a fantastic example. And um, for that one, I like the education angle. Um, you know, there are a lot of developers that, um, there are a lot of game developers out there. So we get a lot of game development applications. So one way to distinguish yourself is going through that education route. We might be able to, um, you know, because you've highlighted the fact that you are sharing knowledge and advancing, you know, the state of the art there, um, you know, we might be able to, you know, award you a little bit more money than you would possibly get through a, a typical game application. You know, I had mentioned that, I had mentioned the range, the $5,000 to $500,000 uh, award grant range. And I believe I had mentioned that within that spectrum, there are different bands of awards, right? So like media and entertainment, you know, those tend to trend higher because ultimately they have bigger bang for the buck when we think about how they, you know, make Unreal look good, so to speak. Education is very similar, right? You can possibly, you know, apply for a larger amount because you're sharing the knowledge very wide. You're encouraging young people, which is always a great, great initiative. So yeah, I would think about education for that one. All right, we're going to be able to hit her follow-up question and maybe one more. Okay. Uh, her follow-up is, if you apply in one category, games, for example, does it make for a stronger application if you also talk about the education component or vice versa? You apply for education but are making a commercial game. Uh, yeah, again, you know, I think, so in the case of making a commercial game that is education-centric, um, I think, again, I would probably still go through the education bucket um, or the education category. And then, um, you know, we can always adjust that on, on our side. You know, we can say like, you know, maybe the education component of this project isn't quite as strong as we had hoped. Maybe this is a little more gamey. And then, you know, we can, uh, that might be a, a situation where we would reach out for more information to make sure that we have the big picture of the project and, uh, and go from there. Okay. Uh, let's see. You know what? We're going to push it. We're going to push it. Here's okay. from Mike Burton on YouTube. Are there any good wish lists for projects or project types that would be good to see submitted? Nope. Just cool stuff. Just uh, really kick-ass stuff. That's really it. Kick-ass stuff. Yeah. I, I wish to see kick-ass stuff. You know, I, really quick before we finish up, I want to say uh, throughout this uh, presentation, I say I, I say we, et cetera, et cetera. I want to make it clear <laughs> really quick. Uh, I am not a member of the Mega Grants team. I work with the Mega Grants team as part of the function of evangelism. So uh, please don't blow up my inbox with <laughs> requests to <laughs> review your, your applications and what have you. I just wanted to make that perfectly clear. The, uh, the Mega Grants team is an anonymous group uh, within Epic made up of uh, multiple different people. So uh, yeah, just is, uh, multiple, just multiple, is it multiple different people with multiple different skill sets or? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I bet that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Reviewing a thousand things all the time. All right, right. well, thank you so much, Alan. It, this has been awesome for sure. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, is there any last words you want to 
throw out there? Uh, I would just say that uh, super happy to be here. Thank you very much for for having me. I hope that was useful information. And uh, like I said earlier, I hope to see more and more applications come through. Thanks. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to be there's a ton. It's already given out forty some million this year, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So there's a lot of money left, but there's not a lot of money left. Okay, our next our next um, thing coming up here, and just as soon as we get out of here. Clearing out the attic, the tools and approaches of self-organization while working from home. And I know a lot of people, we've been adjusting to working from, well, I've been working from home already for like 10 years, so uh -huh. I'm used to it. But when I remember when the, like the first pandemic started, people were like, oh my gosh, this and Zoom meetings and da 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 And it, you know what? You get used to it. But thank you so much. I appreciate it big time. Um, All right, right on. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at IndieGame.Business.